Welcome to another episode of Just a Moment with Indy, the podcast where we gain confidence and clarity one episode at a time. And now, here's your host. Hi, you guys, it's Indy, and welcome back to another week of Just a Moment with Indy. Um, by the time you hear this broadcast, I think we'll be uh, getting ready to close out the month of May. That went fast, and we'll be getting ready to enter the month of June. So, uh, last week we talked about turning the corner and um, just some good tips about how to turn the corner when maybe you did not have it modeled in front of you. And then this week we are looking at the conversation and the tree. Um, The way you'll see it titled on the podcast is Shady. But we're we're looking at two specific conversations um, that were in one way or another connected to a tree. And why we're looking at that is so that we can learn the tools that we need in order to begin, one, uh, identifying maybe some of the behind the scene influences of troubles or challenges that we may experience in life. And two, so that we can begin building our arsenal on understanding who we really are and the power and the authority that we hold, um, the position that we need to be in in order to effectively hold that and execute that authority and then to know how when the enemy, when our adversary comes against us, when those challenges happen, those unexpected things in life um, that cause us to have to turn the corner, how can we fight effectively, especially when we did not see it coming? So uh, we're talking about the conversations and the tree. And so it's important to note that you have a side that is on your side that fights for you. And then you have a side that is ever plotting and watching you and studying you so that they can effectively defeat you. Um, But there is no need to fear because we will start Um, really identifying here on the platform uh, who we are and how to, like I said, execute that authority. And that is what chases away that fear or causes us to walk in confidence and in courage. So what, what is the adversary, the enemy, Satan? He, he is not just some playground bully, but he is definitely, um, he has a vendetta against us. And, and over the next few weeks, we're going to start to understand why. Um, but it's important to know here that once you step into Christ and you allow him to come into your life, that you become a target. And so what is the enemy's objective? His objective is to deceive us into believing that we know best and we can command our own paths of success without having to yield to God. Or 
we believe or we're deceived into believing if we can become like a God branded by the world, then we can enjoy God-like experiences. And what the, the real truth is, is that it's only possible through a relationship with God at the lead that we will have true success, peace, and real life in Christ. And in fact, John, the book of John, which is in the New Testament towards the back of the Bible, um, John 10 and 10, it tells us that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So anything that we're looking for in the the form of success um, and triumph and fulfillment is really only possible um, through our relationship with Christ. And so that was uh, one of the, or the main focus of last week, turning the corner and, and praying that prayer of salvation at the end. That was episode number nine. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to it, go and listen to it. And there's a prayer at the end where you're praying to accept Christ and um, to come into relationship with Christ. And as you, once you do that, there are certain benefits that come along with it. There's a certain peace. There's a certain conduct uh, and confidence that um, come, but there's also a battle (laughs) that you then enter into. And so not to leave you unaware or unprepared, uh, we're we're going to begin to look at um, some of the ways that you may not recognize as a battle, but the way the enemy is upset that you now have relationship with Christ and he wants to uh, come in between that. So the conversation and the tree, um, there's a series of three questions or three topics that the enemy uses. We see it first in Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, uh, Genesis 3, 1 through 7, where the serpent, who is really the enemy, really Satan, um, He's, um, he comes and he has a conversation with Eve at the tree. And he kind of goes through a series of questions and um, trying to convince Eve uh, a certain series of things because he has a scheme behind it all. And then we'll also look at a conversation with Jesus, where Jesus is led out into the wilderness. And that's in Mark, I'm sorry, in Matthew 4. And Matthew is, is again towards like the middle end of the Bible in the New Testament. Matthew 4 verses 1 through 11, where Jesus is preparing to go to the cross um, soon. And he's led out into the wilderness and uh, he's fasted for 40 days. And so he's hungry, (laughs) to say the least. And Satan comes and he asks Jesus the same series of questions. And his scheme is the same. And so why is this conversation um, and the tree so 
important to us? How is it relevant to our own life? Well, because those same three series of questions um, has been the enemy's MO and he continually and daily uses it on us in the same manner. And so where we will compare and contrast Eve and Jesus's experiences, Eve failed the questions and we'll take a look at why um, and how so that we can learn the lesson, but Jesus passed it. And so because, you know, there was a movement a while ago, what would Jesus do? WWJD. And so the true impact of that, what would Jesus do is because Jesus came to earth for the specific reason of not only dying um, for our sins so that we could be redeemed and have eternal life um, with him and with God, but to also serve as a model of how it's possible to live in a human body. And um, once you accept Christ and, and spiritually you're saved, how you can be led by the spirit, even in the midst of world or human temptations. And so the whole way that we watch Jesus operate in um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the four gospel accounts of Jesus, and then even in Acts, the way we see Jesus move in his human form, although he's supernatural and he's actually God, um, we it gives us a model and an example of how he wants us and we're capable of also handling and managing and maneuvering a human body, but being led and growing in maturity um, in more of the supernatural uh, dominance. So the questions that we're looking at today is to distrust, distrust God's provision for us, to bypass the plans of God, and to forfeit relationship for status. So to, to distrust God's provision for us, to bypass the plans of God, and to forfeit relationship for uh, in exchange for status. So again, Eve's story, her account is in Genesis 3, 1 through 7. And Jesus's, when he was in the wilderness being tempted, his account is in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. And so how is it the conversation in the tree? Well, the serpent comes to Eve and he's talking to her about the tree in the, in the garden, the tree of life, uh, of which God told her, or he told Adam, and Adam conveyed to Eve that we are not supposed to eat, neither touch the tree. In Jesus's case, the conversation is taking place in the wilderness, but the objective again is a tree and the tree is the cross that Jesus died on Calvary for us. If the enemy could get Jesus to forfeit getting to that tree, then it would forfeit the redemption plan that God had for us to save us from our sins. And then how is that relevant to us? It's still the conversation that he has with us, the same set of three questions. And the tree in our case is that he the devil or the enemy is always trying to convince us that we don't qualify for what happened on the tree, that we are not good enough, we're not worthy, that although, yes, Jesus died on the cross, there's something that we do or we did or some of our deeds or our actions or our thoughts disqualify us 
from receiving the redemption and the truth of salvation on the tree. So it's the conversation and the tree. So let's take the first question, distrust God's provision. So in verse one in Genesis, here's the serpent. He's talking to Eve and he said, did God really say you must not eat from any trees in the garden? And so here it's a play on words. Of course, that's not what God said if you go and read it. But he, what's happening here is he's presenting a question. He's presenting reasonable doubt because if he can get us to doubt, um, then we are not in full confidence. And that's where our success comes from. Not in our deeds, not in a promise or material things, but in having full confidence in the one that we are supposed to believe in, which is God, right? So he asked her, did, did God really say that you must not eat from any trees in the garden? right? So pause right there. We go over to the wilderness with Jesus and he's fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. And so here is, is Satan. And Satan says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So in Genesis, he's saying, did God really say? And in, in with Jesus, Satan is saying, if you are the son of God, in both of these instances, Satan, whether it's the serpent in the garden or Satan in the wilderness with Jesus, he already knows the answers to both of these questions. He's not asking them so that he could get information. He's asking them to see where they are on the information or the, the confidence or how solid they are so that he will know how to, what angle to come, um, which is the same way he comes at us. Um, so the deception is God is our provider. So why would he withhold anything? So he's asking Eve, did God really say that you can't have this tree? So he's asking her, what, you know, God is your provider. Why, why would he withhold this thing from you? Why is he keeping something from you that you, you would probably really need? Um, and then in Jesus' case, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He knew that Jesus had been fasting, so he's hungry. So he's saying, you know, your God is supposed to be your provider. Why, why are you hungry? You know, go ahead and eat, you know. Why isn't he providing and he's supposed to be your providing? What happens is in our case, and in this case, what the enemy is trying to do, is that the focus is being placed on one specific thing, one specific provision, and one expectation of provision. But as we walk in Christ and for us to have success in Christ, we cannot place our trust and our focus on a provision. We cannot place it on a promise because that can change depending on the angle that we look at it, how it's presented. You know, you can look at the news and, and you have one story, a news story, and it's presented one way on one news channel. And then you go to another news channel, it's the same story, it's presented in a different way. So the, the thing, the item can change, but where the focus has to remain is that we have to grow in understanding we have to keep our focus on God, who is unchangeable. He does not change um, at all. And so 
he promised us something. He said, I'll be your provider in this case and what the enemy is highlighting. But we have to take our eyes off the provision, take our eyes off of uh, what the enemy is trying to highlight. And we have to look at the provider. And so in Eve's case, did God really say you can't eat from the tree? There was really no need for Eve to want anything, to want for anything. So even if God said, don't touch this tree, um, she was there with God. Um, she was in the garden that was provided for. It was flourished. It was sustained by God. And she walked her Eve, Adam and Eve walked and talked with God every day. So there was no need because there is no lack in God. Um, and so that's where the focus needed to be, not on this one tree that God said, don't touch. In the case of Jesus, yes, Jesus was probably hungry after 40 days. Um, however, he was being sustained. He had not died. There was, you know, no, nothing in the scripture reports that he was injured or, or anything. So God was providing for him, but it just looked different. They were both being sustained. They, God was with both of them. Jesus was God. So again, here's the deception that we have to watch out for. So the truth is our trust can't be in the provision, but it has to be in the provider. No Eve couldn't have the tree and no Jesus hadn't eaten, but they were both being sustained by God, which is, and he always will be, our provider, right? So second question, to bypass the plans of God. Satan is always attempting to get us to bypass the plan of God. God has said, let's do it one way. And we see a loophole or we see a way that will fast track us there, um, will make us wait a little less longer. And so we sometimes are tempted to bypass God. Um, so in Eve's case, Satan says, or I'm sorry, scripture says, he asked the woman. So just remember that part. The serpent comes and he asks the woman. That's an important key. Um, and then in Jesus' instance, in verse 5 and 6 of Matthew 4, um, Satan tells Jesus, throw yourself down. Throw, down. throw yourself down the hills. And he's telling him the angels will come and keep you. So let's go back to Eve. He asked the woman, how is this a demonstration of Satan attempting to get Eve to bypass God's plan. Well, what we have to pay attention to is during this whole conversation with the serpent, Adam is sitting right there. Adam is Eve's husband. Adam is sitting right there. And God's order is that um, God gave the instructions to Adam. Because if you read once this story, you know, a little bit further down the story, um, it, it, it did not become sin that they finally ate from this tree until Adam ate because the command went to Adam. The command didn't go to Eve. So it was Adam's responsibility as the husband, as the father, as the leader of the family, that which is God's order um, in a husband and a wife marriage, um, that the, the man would give leadership. That does not mean... Um, 
controlling. It doesn't mean abusive. It doesn't mean that the, the woman is subservient. None of that. But in God's order, this is the way God modeled the family for us in the garden in Genesis. And so for the serpent to ask Eve when Adam was sitting right there, he was bypassing God's order in that way. Also, in the woman having the engaging in the conversation instead of deferring it to her husband who had received the command from God, um, that also was bypassing, which we will you will see if you read further when God um, determines the curse, um, he speaks that there will be uh, an issue between the husband and the wife when they were originally under the blessing supposed to be as one. Um, so this is how the serpent knew to surpass um, or to try to bypass God's plan. So in Jesus's case, Satan is telling him, you know, throw yourself down uh, the mountain. But that was not God's plan. The whole reason for Jesus being God, Jesus was God, but he was here on earth in human form, was that he would come and he would die on the cross and then and then rise again. Uh, not for him to die or potentially die or to do anything <laughs> to put him in jeopardy of dying, throwing himself down uh, the mountain because um, Satan does not have the power to save anything or to call any shots on God. And um, even if, because he was God, if he had thrown himself down the hill, it, we have to be very careful when God has given us instructions, specific instructions, that we don't try to push the hand of God. So let's say God may have saved Jesus for the purpose of getting him to the cross and fulfilling the ultimate purpose for him being here. Um, that him throwing himself down the mountain and causing the angels to have to come and save him and do all of that is pushing the hand of God when we know God clearly said he would die on the cross and not down a hill. So again, in our own life, God will give us instructions or we will know the right thing to do. Um, just morally, we 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 know what needs to be done, what's wrong, what's not wrong. And we have to be very careful. Even though we are able to do something, it doesn't mean that we should do it and have to try to force the hand of God or force the early coming of something um, that God promised us would be um, all because we are we feel like we see a better way or we see a loophole. Um, so we just have to really be careful of that. And also in understanding, um, you know, we want to watch the things that appeal to our senses and it desensitizes us from saying it's just a little lie or it's just 20 extra dollars when, you know, we've been set on a budget. Um, it's just this. I, I just that where we're desensitizing the full impact uh, of sin, of lying, of cheating, of deception, or whatever you want to call it, mistreatment of people. Um, I did it only because they did this to me, um, or uh, God knows my heart, or I'm just going to do it this one time. These things 
um, our temptations to desensitize um, the full impact that we are supposed to recognize and honor. Um, and that is the territory we won't go in, no matter how much we want, no matter how long we've waited. We are going to hold out and be honorable to the promise that God gave, and we're going to be obedient to his instructions, um, no matter how long that takes. So that's the truth that we want to recognize there. And then the third temptation that came was to forfeit the relationship for status in exchange for status, um, which speaks to the ego <laughs> of all of us, all of us. None of us are above ego unless we're constantly um taking it to the foot of the cross and surrendering it. It's not a one-time thing. It's something that we have to daily, I have to daily um, take that ego, drag it back and, and set it at the foot of the cross. Um, so in Eve's case, forfeiting the relationship for in exchange for status, um, the serpent says to Eve, God knows your eyes will be open. And you'll be like God. So he's had this conversation with her because he said to her, surely you will not die. Because she said, we're not supposed to touch the tree. We're not supposed to eat from it. We're not supposed to do this. We're not supposed to do that, which is like way too much information like Eve. Cool it. <laughs> and so they're having an exchange and, and, and the serpent says to her, surely you will not die. It's just that God knows your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. Okay, so hold the bookmark there. We switch over to the conversation in the wilderness with Jesus, where Satan shows Jesus the kingdoms. He takes him to this hilltop, right, uh, with this, this majestic view. And, and he shows Jesus the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, is what the, the Bible says in verse 8 in Matthew. And so he says to Jesus, all this I will give you. If you will bow and worship me. Okay, so we're looking at forfeiting relationship for status. Eve and Jesus had relationship with God at the point of their temptations. Eve walked with God. She was in the garden with God. She had relationship and intimacy with him, right? Jesus, who is actually God, in human form, but he's sent to earth to serve a purpose. And so he has relationship with God. Not only is he God, but he's God's son in the form of Jesus, right? So that's first of all. So there's that relationship. But what Satan is appealing to is the needing to have status or the insecurities or is there any lack or low self-esteem or any cracks, right, in, in these two instances? So what's funny about both is that in Eve's conversation, Satan, the serpent says, God knows your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. Well, if we look at Genesis in the first chapter when God says, let us make man in our own image. It's clear there that when he made Adam 
And then a little bit, a few verses later, he created Eve from Adam. They were both made in his image. So we're already like God, but we're, we're like God in the sense that we don't, we're not equivalent with God. However, we're like God so that we can share in relationship with him, that we can co-reign with him, that we, he can come and um, be with us and dwell among us and share his glory with us. So those are the ways that we are like God. When our, when our maturity is full come in God, that we come into a place where we are the light carriers, right? We're supposed to be light and we're supposed to be the flavor, the salt of the earth. Um, we are supposed to demonstrate to the earth, uh, a God likeness, meaning um, we we carry the power. We're able to be God's hands and heart and His voice in the earth, so that for the purpose of not so that we can shine, but so God can be glorified and we can draw other unbelievers or people on the fence. We can share our testimonies. We could share the redeeming uh, power of of the blood of of Jesus. And it will draw more people in to be like God and to be in the kingdom, right? Because we, in the end, when Jesus comes back, um, God desires for no man to perish or to have to um, be eternally separated from him. So that's where we're like God already. So for him to say, he knows your eyes will be open and you'll be like him was again, a deception and a, and an and appealing to status. I've already established a question in your mind. Did he not say that you could uh, eat or touch these trees? I've, I've already set that up. And so now I'm going in for the kill. He's, he's, is, is God really, you know, what you think he is? Because I'm, I'm presenting these discrepancies in his character. And then I, if I am, I've been so successful in the conversation to this point, I've kept your attention where I can now go in for the kill to, to appeal to your ego and ego is connected to flesh. So I've already determined by your interaction and engagement with me, I've held your attention this long. I've kept you in sin and temptation. I've gotten you to go back again and again and again and say, just this one last time, or I can stop when I want to. I can quit. This isn't a problem. You know, the excuses that we think we're in control and we're really not, that it's in control of us. So I have identified that there is that gap in you and so now I can fight you unfair. I can submit to your flesh, your ego, your desire to feel significance, your desire to um, have those God-like experiences that are defined by the earth, the world, the trends that are ever-changing so that you will never be solid in who you are, right? And if you, I'm able to lure you out there, then that I know, but you're, you're not aware of because you're caught up in my deception. Um, I can lure you away from God. I can lure you away from his righteousness. I can make you question, uh, who you really are. Uh, you will be filled with so much shame and guilt, which did happen to Eve and Adam, um, so much shame and guilt that you will hide from God and forfeit relationships. 
because you're so in and aware of this horrible thing you've done. And I can make you believe that this horrible thing that either has been done to you or you've done or you were thinking about doing that you won't be able to believe that redemption that took place on the tree can actually be yours, right? So that's the whole point. This is the purpose. He was going through that process, the conversation in the tree with Eve. Now, if you switch over to Jesus, where Satan shows Jesus the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, which is hilarious, and then he says... I will give you if you will just bow down. Okay, again, Jesus is God. (laughs) And God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So if there are any kingdoms to be had, God already is over them. He, he, He already rules them. He's the supreme ruler. You know, so for him to show him the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, what he's showing them is the kingdoms of darkness. Um, God is the ultimate ruler, but Satan, when he tried to overthrow God and take over God's place, he thought he was going to take over God's place. um, He was cast out of heaven, right? And some of the angels that were also trying to follow him. And so he became the ruler of dark places, which was the earth, which is what we see in Genesis, where it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was dark and void without form. And the spirit of the Lord hovered over the darkness. So what what that is, is that's that. That's where Satan was, that he rules the world. So that's why we see so much evil and murder and, and sex trafficking and drugs and abuse and, and cheating and money laundering and just you name it, because Satan is the, he, this is his kingdom, right? And he's, he's constantly trying to pull more and more people into his kingdom and to become enamored by the splendor of the fake sparkle and and glittery things of this world. Um, And then once people are pulled in, they realize it's a bait and switch kind of thing. Um, And so he's saying to God, I can make you ruler. God is already the ruler. Right. But again, he's trying to appeal to Jesus is here in human form and he came to earth for the purpose of being in human form. He was born of a woman and he went through the whole birthing process. He went through, you know, being abandoned and rejected, you know, being born in the stable and all of that, because the whole purpose was for Jesus to live um the human experience so that when he ascended back up to be with the father, right? That when we come and we say, I'm hurt, I feel abandoned, I feel rejected, um, you know, the pain of childbirth and um, any, any human experience that there is possibly to have. And we pray and we say, God, have mercy. God, help me. God, give me favor. God, deliver me. Then there is an intercessor who is Jesus, who is, who's taking that prayer and he's conveying it 
to the Father because God has never had a human experience except through Jesus. And that's why everything that we do and every success that we experience has to be through Jesus, which started with what we talked about in last week's episode, turning that corner and accepting Christ as our Savior Um, Because it's in Christ that then everything in the Bible, all the promises, all the everything then becomes accessible to us. So that scripture that I read at the top of um, the show, John 10 and 10, uh, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That may have is important to look at because Jesus came for everyone, but not everyone accepts it because of the ego, because of the, you know, where, where some people are, are challenged by forfeiting relationship in exchange for status. We're pursuing the bag. We're chasing the bag, right? We're hustling and, and we're just going, 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 climbing the corporate ladder. And then, you know, bypassing the plans of God, we think we know better. We don't really need God. I have money. I have a family. I have a successful career. I'm about ready to retire. I have a home. I have status. You know, I have these books or whatever it is. So I don't need God, really. You know, what what, what else could God give me that I haven't already achieved myself? Um, and then to distru- distrust God's provision, again... I have done all these things. I'm able to hustle. I've been working since I was whatever age. And so, uh, you know, when I really did call out for God, you know, he didn't provide for me. Uh, When I was in that situation, why did he let me go through that situation? How could a God possibly, um, this loving, caring God, how could he let me experience what I experienced? How could he let them talk to me the way they did, treat me the way they did? You know, how could I go through this pain? I got cancer. I got, you know, I'm homeless. I'm whatever your situation, Satan is always there to try to get us to be to distracted by the wrong focus. Um, and so when Jesus says, I come that they may have life, he, he came for everyone, but not everyone sadly is going to accept. And so that's why it's a may have. So you get a choice whether you choose Jesus and you choose God's plan and you choose a relationship with God and you choose to honor and respect the plans of God. You choose to focus on the provider more than the provision um, because what the truth is, is that there is no true success without the successor. And that's the one that went before us. And that's Jesus. And so this is what it's important to begin understanding is that we can very well go through life and feel like we are on it. We're on track, you know, our five-year plan, 10-year plan, whatever it is. I have two kids and, and a dog and a husband or a wife or, you know, I have the house with the, all of the bedrooms and the lake view or, you know, I live in, you know, the, um, you know, the big loft in the uprise with the view of the city or, 
you know, whatever it is, I finally got my dream. I finally had a baby um, after not being able to have a baby or I finally, you know, achieved one of my dreams. But none of that is anything outside of the relationship of God. Because Eve showed us when you forfeit honoring and, and remaining consistent in the relationship with God, what can happen? Because at the end of that story, once um, she finally was convinced to eat from the tree, she gave it to Adam and they forfeited being in the presence of God. And it brought separation in their relationship with each other, with God, and it affected their bloodline for many, many, many generations. And um, we just don't want that, and God doesn't want that for us. So, again, I would recommend if you would go and listen to episode number nine, where it talks about turning the corner and um, considering, seriously considering praying that prayer of salvation and then come back here and listen to this episode again. Uh, we will be heading into several teaching um, lessons moving forward so that we can begin to unpack and understand. Um, before this platform was, I, I was giving you scripture and, and, and some Bible uh, and some practical things, and, and that will still continue. But what I, what God helped me to realize, you know, when I was talking to you guys about the responsibility of our roles and, and all of that is that it doesn't matter how we make plans to be productive or three tips for managing your home or, you know, um, doing self-care and, and, you know, how to increase your finances. None of those things matter if we don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's the first place to start. Um, that's the first place. It, nothing else matters if that is not in place. And so that's where we want to feed and, and encourage one another and learn. Um, and so I encourage you to come back week after week, bring your pencil, bring your, you know, get a journal um, so that you can begin um, just really taking the notes and really, once you click off of the episode, really begin to just meditate on it and even ask God, you know, what do you want me to do with these notes? You know, whether it's, I've never believed in you before, I never heard of you before, or I was taught not to believe in you. And now all of a sudden, this podcast I've been listening to is, is, is just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Why is that? And so, um, and then to just be open to let God begin to reveal things. And he may speak to you audibly. He may show you in different signs as you're going through your day and, you know, a book that you're watching, a movie, a uh, music lyric. Um, there's any number of ways that God can show up and confirm when your heart is really there and you truly want to know the answers. Um, sometimes it requires us to wait a little bit and sometimes he comes immediately. I don't have a formula for that. Uh, if you figure out the formula, let me know. 
<laughs> because uh, waiting can sometimes get frustrating, but I just have to keep putting my eyes back on God and re recalling all of the times that he has come through. Um, just recently, I, I will share that I prayed a prayer 20 something years ago and it just came true. Um, in the form of my my son graduating and and you know just different ways of how God worked through that and and just me looking back at how he's kept me as a single mom and and being able to know how to take care of two children and and to grow from trying to get them to um grow into a life that I thought I had to figure out for them and lead them to it. Uh, and, and instead, God showed me how uh, he lent me these children and that I am supposed to store them, not control them, and that he's already put in them who they are to be and who he will need them to be at the time that he calls that forth in the earth. And so I am just to do certain things at different seasons in their life. The mother that I was when they were infants is a different mom that I had to be in elementary and middle school and high school. And then now that they're in college and, you know, getting ready to, you know, leave college or go to the different stations in life, um, there's a different mom that I, again, have to be in transition. And I'm working always in partnership and in concert with God um, to uh, lead them and direct them and pray over them um, and just love them unconditionally. Um, through the different places in their life. And so these are prayers that I pray, Lord, what am I going to do? You know, when I brought them home from the hospital and it, it took me living through the whole process of both of them growing up to see the answer to that prayer. And then there were some prayers where, you know, God, I need this. I need that for the kids. And God would answer immediately. So just be patient with God and just have your heart set to, um, Lock into the confidence of what God is doing, even if you don't understand it. And even if it doesn't look like what the world says, you know how the enemy took Jesus up to that mountain and showed him the splendor and the sparkle and all of that. You know, even if that's not what your home or your family or your marriage or waiting for marriage, um, if that's not what it looks like what the rest of the world has, it doesn't mean that you're out of place. And it doesn't mean that God has forgotten about you. You just got to wait um, because you're a special order. And God, unless he says no, he's not going to keep you waiting for something that he's just going to eventually say no to. Um, he's, he's not that kind of God. Okay. So uh, I pray that you enjoyed this and you got great benefit from it. And I thank you guys for joining me and you guys stay safe, do what's best for your family out there. And uh, yeah, until we speak again, I'll see you later. guys, it's Indy from Just a Moment with Indy, and we are well into season three, and it has been phenomenal. This season, we are hitting it hard, looking at identity, purpose, and how to gain mastery and best practices for managing and thriving in our roles and relationships. We are not playing with it this season, and I invite you to come join us, come listen in, come participate 
bring a friend, bring a family member, bring your bestie, and definitely bring something to take notes because we are breaking down those walls and we're not just leaving those bricks in a rubble, but we're using them to build paths into the lives that we were intended to live. I'll see you on the show. Don't miss this season.